Sue Kurati is one of the most influential business leaders in our community. The C-Suite, featuring key leaders in Des Moines, and explores the motivations that made them successful and how they're shaping their organizations, our city, and the economy. And it's sponsored by Competitive Edge, advertising specialty manufacturing company, your promotional edge. The C-Suite with Sue Kuradia. Hello, I'm Sue Kuradia, retired CEO of Bankers Trust. It's my privilege and honor to have with me Dr. Angela Franklin, who is the president of Des Moines University. Angela, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Suku. You have a great, terrific background, and maybe we can start with your background. Okay. Well, um, I'm pleased to be here. I'm pleased to have the opportunity to talk with you today. Um, I'm the 15th president of Des Moines University. I've been in the role since March 1, 2011. I come to this role from having spent about 25 years of my career in health sciences education. Um, I completed my doctorate in clinical psychology at Emory University. From there, I joined the faculty of Morehouse School of Medicine, which is a relatively small um, academic health center in Atlanta, Georgia, where I joined the faculty. And 20 years later, I moved into an administrative role and came to love administration more than I thought. And from that sort of defined this career path to a college presidency that took me from Morehouse School of Medicine to another health sciences university in Nashville, um, Meharry Medical College, and then to Des Moines University. So I got recruited here in 2010. So I'm excited and honored to serve. Was coming to Des Moines, did it feel like coming to a foreign country? <laughs> well, maybe not foreign country. This was a place I had never, <laughs> never been before, never imagining right. being in the Midwest. I'd never heard of the university. I'd never visited Des Moines. So you can imagine once getting a phone call about this opportunity. My first question was exactly where is that? But I have to admit, once coming here and having an opportunity to meet the people, yeah. um, it's, it's been a, a very good place. Well, you've done an absolutely terrific job, and I'm going to come back to that. But before I do that, okay. take me back to your – I know your background is very interesting from your humble beginning. So I want to – I'm sure our listeners will want to hear more, more about that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a small-town girl, a little town in McCormick, South Carolina, I'm about 5,000 people. Um, I actually grew up in a, in a family of um, a business owner. My, my dad is a, is a mortician, um, mm -hmm. funeral directors. Um, he owns two uh, funeral homes in South Carolina and um, grew up in that family, and, which was kind of a unique upbringing in and of itself. My, my, my mother was a school teacher, um, sixth grade English teacher. So I grew up, grew up in a family that was quite progressive um, as a business leader in the community, uh, educators who really had high hopes for their two daughters. I'm the youngest of two. Um, my older sister, um, three years older, is a physician practicing in Atlanta, Georgia still. Um, so we grew up in that small town and were always encouraged to, to dream big and to, to, to move outside of a comfort zone. And um, so with that back, background, I had aspirations to pursue higher ed and, and move forward. So they're still in that little town. My pa parents are still in McCormick, South Carolina. My dad still runs the business. Um, he just recently negotiated selling one location because he's 92 years old now, um, and, but still very active in the community. And having met them, they are wonderful people. <laughs> Thank you. A um, little bit about Des Moines University. You know, came on board. Um, and um, the size of the institution uh, is significant. And I think our listeners would want to hear about the size 
and also the great success you've had in terms of placement into residency programs, mm -hmm. uh, that obviously is very, very important right. to your students. So talk right. about that. Des Moines University uh, has a very unique history. Um, we are the second oldest of the osteopathic schools. So we were founded in 1898. Um, actually, A.T. Still, the founder of osteopathy, began the first deal school in Kirksville, Missouri. Uh, his nephew, S.S. Still, um, was trained there and decided to come to Des Moines in 1898 to establish a second campus. So our history goes back to 1898 when we were still college. Mm -hmm. So coming to Des Moines was significant in the profession. Yeah. So being the second of the DL schools, you know, has a very profound um, history. Over this 120-year period, our name has changed seven times. So those who've lived in the community would know us as something other than Des Moines University. Uh, we became Des Moines University at our 100th anniversary in, 18, in 1998, mm -hmm. um, when then-President Dick Ryan decided it was time for a rebranding of the institution. So we became Des Moines University at that time. Now, we now are pleased to have three colleges. The DL School, the Osteopathic Medical School, is our largest and oldest. Then we have a College of Podiatric Medicine and, and Surgery, which followed, and then a College of Health Sciences. So now we have three colleges, eight degree programs across those three colleges, with about 17 to 1,800 students um, enrolled across all of those programs. Of course, the clinical programs are the ones we're most known for. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the, the DL degree, uh, the DPM, Doctor of Podiatric Medicine. We have physical therapy, physician assistant, and then we have several master's degrees, a master's in anatomy, master's in biomedical sciences, master's in public health, and a master's in healthcare administration. So eight degrees across those three colleges, um, a very integrative approach to teaching and learning with a focus on interprofessional education. So our students actually are taught together quite a bit, which is a very unique approach to training health professionals. And at one time, this was kind of the best kept secret in town, if you will. And I'm, you know, you've done a terrific job of making sure that people get a better sense of what Des Moines University is about, the branding, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, as a, as a relative, um, still I feel I'm, I'm a newcomer here. I've only been, been here now seven years. But when I first got here, you know, I was very much aware of this long history. So I assumed we were better known in the community. The reality was that I had to do a little bit more work within yeah. the community to get our word out there and our name out there than I imagine I did. Um, and so we've had quite a bit of success. It began with sort of a rebranding activity yeah. within the university. Most new presidents go through a strategic planning process in their new institution. But we started with looking at our mission and our purpose. So we created a new mission statement. So now we exist to improve lives in our global community by educating diverse groups of highly competent and compassionate health professionals. So that is our new mission statement. We now have accompanying core values that go along with that, and then we created four vision statements. The first vision statement is all about academic excellence. The second vision is about research and the quality of our research experience and the scholarship and the relationship between faculty and student researchers. Our third focus is about clinical, our clinical enterprise, delivering care to the community, but also training opportunities for students. And the last vision, which is what really got us out in the community more, was a very deliberate focus on impacting community and focusing on health policy. So that particular vision actually got us out more 
talking more and engaging more in the community. Mm -hmm. So not only did we go out more, we brought the community in. So we now host a number of events on our campus as we partner with the United Way, Mid-Iowa Health Foundation, a number of entities in this community we now are partners with NAMI, National Alliance mm-hmm. on Mental Illness as well, because we are now an integrated component and partner in the community, which really gives us greater recognition, I believe. Yeah. One of the programs that you inherited that you managed to just absolutely take off with is the Glanton Scholarship. So talk about, about that. Well, thanks to uh, Willie and Luther Glanton, who are noteworthy figures in this community, mm-hmm. now deceased. Of course, um, they were engaged with our university some years ago as members of the Board of Trustees. First Luther Glanton, and then following um, with, uh, with after he uh, died, Willie joined the Board of Trustees. So Willie Glanton was actually a member of the board when I got to DMU. Um, some almost 15 years ago now, there was a decision made with a lot of the influence of Willie Glanton that we needed to do more to encourage students with disadvantaged and minority backgrounds mm-hmm. to consider coming to DMU for, for their health sciences education. So the Glanton Scholarship Dinner began. And in those early years, there was a real concerted effort to grow a scholarship fund. Um, so we're pleased to say that that scholarship fund is an endowed fund now. Um, and the value of that actually award, allows us to award scholarships to minority and disadvantaged students. Um, so when I arrived in 2011, you were my first Glanton honoree, as you know, Suku. So it was a, was a treat. <laughs> it was a treat for us to be able to celebrate you as you helped us raise money for that fund in 2011. So, of course, we have actually taken off. Not only have we taken off in terms of the funding, with the amount of monies raised, we raised nearly $400,000 last year um, as we honored Rich and Kim Willis. But that fund also allows us to go out and recruit minority students. And, and it's had a great impact over and beyond just scholarships because now it also supports all of our efforts in training our students to be more culturally sensitive and culturally competent in the care yeah. that they provide. So that fund actually supports our educational program as well. The students that you have speak at that event, that's very, very powerful. It's, a, it's you know, every October, I won't miss that event. It's a really good program. So yeah, thank again, you. congratulations on that. Angela, you've been involved in a number of causes in this community, civic, etc. So talk a little bit about that. Why is that important? Well, um, I can talk about two in particular that I, I really have sure. a passion for. And the first is United Way. Mm-hmm. And I'm really honored to serve on the United Way board, on the executive board, and also chair the health cabinet. Um, and, and that was one opportunity that gave me a real sense of what the funds at United Way can do to really impact and transform communities. So I'm honored to serve um, in the, you know, on the United Way board and in particular to work with the health cabinet, which focuses on, you know, emotional well-being of communities, mm-hmm. transform communities in their health, um, all aspects of, of, of health and the delivery um, and, and impact and some of the social determinants of health is reflected in the work that's done in that committee. So there's that. And then I also most recently am pleased with our partnership with NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. As a clinical psychologist coming to this role and to the city of Des Moines, I could not imagine um, a greater need 
than dealing with some of the challenges in terms of the delivery of care for those who might need behavioral health services. Uh, the mentally ill typically are stigmatized and, and, and do not always have the adequate support and care that they need. So to be able to partner with the National Alliance on Mental Illness most recently and a training program that would impact the training of all health professionals eventually to have a greater awareness and appreciation for what it means to meet the health care needs of the mentally ill. So we're going to pilot a program um, mm -hmm. with the support of NAMI this summer. Uh, we're looking for additional support. You know, we um, have a pleased to get some startup funds from, from Mid-Iowa Health Foundation. We're hoping we get some support from the state of Iowa and, and others who are coming on to support this effort. But as a the university that produces the the n the largest number of family medicine doctors in the country you know this little school in Des Moines Iowa Des Moines University is number 1 in the numbers of students that graduate and choose family practice mm -hmm. as their discipline two years we've been number one in the country of all allopathic or osteopathic schools. And a lot of times we know the primary care doc, the family medicine doc in particular, in rural Iowa and other rural communities are front line when it comes to mental illness. So we thought we won't be able to create enough psychiatrists and psychologists fast enough, but we can do a better job of preparing those primary care docs with a real understanding and appreciation of what it means to, to approach, address, and maybe refer individuals with, with mental illness for proper care. So that program starts this summer. So we're excited about that partnership. So those are two, yeah. United Way and NAMI, I think, yeah. are the two that I, I'm, I'm most proud to be involved in right now. Well, the number of times I see you, there must be three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Behavioral health, obviously, is a very big issue. And as you mentioned, you're training family practitioners to understand, et cetera. And you're doing a lot and have some plans on campus. Talk a little bit about that. We need a home for this. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a real opportunity for us to talk about how we augment not only the training of our students, but provide better services for the students enrolled. Um, and also for the community we serve as well. So we have been talking about a more of an integrative approach to how we do our clinic. Um, so, of course, we have a family medicine group on campus. We were hoping to expand that to include an integrated behavioral health unit um, into our clinic and a well on the way to proposing an idea of having behavioral health services added to our services in the clinic. If we are able to do that, then we have a more integrated service for training of our students, so our students will be able to have rotation opportunities there, but they also have an opportunity to have mentors. Because right now, I don't have a psychiatrist fully employed on staff. Mm -hmm. um, our students have to go out to, to be mentored and trained um, with psychiatrists out in the community. So to be able to bring some of those services to campus, to have a unit expanded, allows for opportunities for training of our students there to augment this NAMI curriculum, to have a home for our behavioral health unit, and also provide an opportunity for our own students to get access to care right there in this, in this unit. Um, ultimately, expanding workforce by having more students to be mentored by psychiatrists and psychologists on the service, but also maybe an APA-accredited internship tr program for clinical psychologists. So we're, we're dreaming big. We're thinking broadly about what the opportunities could be for us at DMU. Terrific. I'm glad to hear you say you're dreaming big because, you know, when you came, you had to dream big to get to where you are today. <laughs> so you've done a terrific job from that perspective. 
what haven't we talked about? What would you like to, you know, what did I miss? Well, I think one thing that's unique and special about DMU as a campus community is that we pride ourselves on being, you know, having a, a culturally supportive environment that's, that focuses on inclusivity and diversity and treating people with yeah. respect and kindness. Um, we hear from our students. You know, we know a lot of our students come to us in particular. Um, medical school is hard. Health sciences education is hard. But if they come to an environment where they feel supported and respected, um, it makes it a little bit easier to navigate the yeah. curriculum because you already have the burden of making sure you can compete in the classroom. To have an environment that's supportive is real important, not only for students, but our entire campus community. So we really pride ourselves on the environment, a culture of inclusivity, of being united, mm -hmm. working in support of each other. Um, my favorite program that we have on campus is called a Spotlight Program. Uh, where you can actually catch someone doing a good deed without expecting any particular accolade or support for that, and you actually get an award, um, at this, at the Spotlight Award. And I call it sort of the warm fuzzy, you know, yeah, that sure. you can just say thank you for doing what you've done. Um, to have an environment that really supports yeah. people and the impact that they have on a campus community is important. In the osteopathic world, the residency and the matching and placement is obviously critically important. Mm -hmm. And you've got some great numbers to share. We have some great numbers on, on our um, match. Um, mm -hmm. the, in the DO program every year, we've had 100% of our students matching. Yeah. The match just happened just recently, so we're still waiting on the final numbers. You know, as the last time I checked, we had everyone placed except for one, so we might be about 99% right now, but we're hoping to get everyone placed. And that's historic in, in our DO yeah. program in particular to have the quality of the students that we have that can go anywhere they want in the country to, to, for their graduate medical education beyond DMU, that for 100% for of them to match yeah. in their placements is important. Also on the podiatry side, you know, there are nine you know, podiatric medicine programs in the country. We, we know that we do quite well and have the ranking of being the, one of the top programs in the country. We also match 100% of our students in podiatry as well. So a lot of good news about how well our students do, which really determines um, the effectiveness of our curriculum yeah. and our program. The, the number of students graduating from medical school and the number of residencies available does not match up. So as a consequence for you to do 100%, is pretty amazing. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. We, we, so, we are really well proud done. of those yeah. numbers. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's a real pleasure interviewing you, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Suku. Enjoy being with you. The C-Suite with Suku Radia, sponsored by Competitive Edge, advertising specialty manufacturing company, your promotional edge. 